Hi, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, and we're glad you're our neighbors. Sure. It's nice to see the altcoins continue to go up, isn't it? Uh-huh. We think so. Another financial powerhouse is getting into the crypto space. Won't that be nice? You know what else would be nice? If you were an Oscar Mayer wiener, because then you might get some bacon coin. There's a new book written just so you children can understand blockchain. And Bad Crypto has been nominated for a major award. We hope it's a leg lamp. Welcome to the neighborhood. We've got lots of news for you. And if you're good little boys and girls, we'll have story time. Uh huh. Get your nap mats out and enjoy your milk and cookies as we enjoy episode number 121 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Talking crypto, two dudes talking crypto. Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto. Oh, yeah. That's what we are. We're just two dudes talking crypto. Hanging out here in the neighborhood here in Bad Cryptopia. <laughs> Isn't that special? Uh, we're grateful that you guys are here and we're grateful to our sponsor for the month, Azilla. Uh, the ICO app is back, Jack, and they're in the Apple Store. You can find ICOs, check out the team timeline token in tech, and participate in the ICOs directly through the application. It's an early build wallet and chat are not yet activated, but they will be soon. Also, Android on the way. Download the Zilla app on the App Store. Do it today. Z-I-L-L-A. Mr. Travis Wright, some really interesting things have happened for bad crypto this week. That That is true, and some uninteresting things. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about the uninteresting oh, things. Oh, we're not talking about those? Okay. Because they're not interesting. But what is interesting is thanks to the support of you, the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, we, I believe, have taken the top crypto spot in the iTunes App Store, or iTunes Podcast. Uh, store shop place the thing where they list i uh, you know podcasts the place with the things yeah i mean yeah so on the apple places we are yeah it looks like right now we are what number 35 overall in business podcasts uh looks like we're number what nine number nine or so in investing and and sometimes it depends like we, we pop into the top 200 like and then we pop out, then we pop back in. So, like, we're right on that edge. We're probably, I guess, in the top 250 podcasts uh, of all in the world, in the universe. Thank you. And this is kind of cool. We learned this week that we have been nominated for a major award. And it's only major because I said it's major. I don't actually know mm-hmm. if it's major or not. But it is the Crypto Influencer Awards. And the Bad Crypto Podcast uh, has been nominated for, get this, Best Dressed. No, no, no. Best best, <laughs> best Podcast. Best Dulcetones of Joel Kahn. It's like, how many, who has better tones in their voice than Joel Kahn? Nobody has better uh, tones than nope. Mr. Joel Kahn. Nobody. Yeah. So actually, you can go to CryptoInfluenceAward.com. Uh, and to find us, you click under Categories platform awards and then best podcast if you voted for us 
that would be awesome. I guess there's some big deal that's popping up on the 17th of May, some big award ceremony going on up there. And uh, if we win, I think we get to meet the queen and uh, we get a free flight to the moon, apparently, in uh, from 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 uh, Elon Musk. Yes. So very exciting. So go to the website. Take a moment. Go to CryptoInfluenceAward.com. You'll see there. Go, scroll down to the best podcast category and uh, ignore all those other guys. Well, you know, no, don't ignore them. Listen to their, especially Unchained. I mean, if you're going to vote for somebody, vote for Laura Shin. Don't vote for us. We're bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But cast your vote. Let's get into the news this week and start by taking a look at the market. It's been a greener week, and green makes everybody happy, except the shorts. Doesn't make them happy. You know, unless, like, your eggs are green um, or, like, you know, like, you should food spoiled, then you don't like it when it's green. But, I mean, we've had a pretty substantial climb this past week from where we were when we last did the live show to where we are now. The market cap grew by what fifty something billion dollars. Yeah, it was it was pretty strong, and we're really seeing a lot of strength in the uh, the altcoins right now. Are finally bouncing back. Is you know a true hodlers, and and I don't care if people call them hodlers. True hodlers understand that everything goes in cycles, and it's no surprise to see money beginning to pour back into the altcoins. And it is actually hodl. Just so we do know, we we do we do intentionally say it wrong because it looks like hodl, but I mean hold hodl. So don't be mad if somebody calls it hodl versus hodl. Just call it what it's kind of like gif versus jif. Technically, it's jif. I call it gif because I don't care, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be made at us because you know we pronounce words incorrectly. It's okay. Yeah, it actually grew sixty billion dollars since we last did the uh, the news show, Mister Joe Con. When we were sitting there last Thursday, it was three hundred ninety seven. Right now, this very minute, it's four hundred and fifty seven billion. There's a chart in the show notes that you'll see about a percentage of total market cap. Bitcoin is sitting at about thirty six percent of all market cap, and and that's pretty cool. So uh, we we've got a lot of links in the uh, show notes this week. And this one that uh, is talking about alt season beginning is uh, the Crypto Fam, who I just followed you, Crypto Fam, because you do Fam. cool charts and analysis. Mm-hmm. And I just want to I want to mention this because I saw this on I think Reddit, but it was somebody who was doing some charting McCharterson type stuff, and they said by any point, by any uh, you know viewpoint, we have busted through the bear market because we have we have gone through a few of these trend lines and we've kicked back up, and it looks to me like if we pop up over. You know, if we can get over $510 billion, then we pop. That's that next point of resistance for the market cap is $509 billion. So if we pop up over that, then then, then the, the next uh, resistance point will be 570 almost uh, 600 and something billion, maybe $630 billion. So those resistance points, we bust, keep keep busting through those, and uh, we are moving in the right direction, Mr. Jolcom. If the trends continue as they have been year over year with all time highs, then, you know, in in my heart, I want to believe that we are getting ready to face the bull run to end all bull runs until the next bull run. And then that will end this bull run. But if the uh, John McAfee decline is going to, you know, continue to hold, then uh, as things have to go up. 
That's true. Well, he does have he, this this tweet stream. If you look at the show notes on badcryptopodcast.com or as we do every show, badco.in forward slash one, two, one. You can look at the show notes and look at the links. Uh, the crypto fam. Uh, there's literally on every one of these tweets, there's a nice little graph that's telling a story. And he has what? How many different how many different tweets are on this thing? There's a, a lot. It was a tweet storm. 16 tweets in a row, it looks like. Yeah. So here's some news that uh, centers around the Ethereum markets and uh, Vitalik Buterin, who we still want on the show. Did you know he's 24, Travis? I did know that. Yeah, actually, I thought he was still 23, but he's 24 now. And he started Ethereum in 2014, I believe, when he was 20. And uh, smart, smart kiddo, that, that Vitalik guy. He's kind of smart. There's a there's a technology that's called sharding, S-H-A-R-D-I-N-G, not sharding like that thing. That's that, totally different. Like when you think it's a fart, but it's not. I had one of those not long ago. Like, whoa. Really? <laughs> but that's nothing to do with Ethereum. <laughs> really? You know, we talked about Uranus in the last episode. We need to go there again. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as you get older. The uh, the the point of sharding this technology is to help boost the scalability, and we're just learning about this ourselves as we often mm-hmm. do on the show. And the article, if you want to follow along, says that you could think of shards as partitions that allowed you to break down and optimize verification of transactions, and mm-hmm. doing that should speed up the network dramatically. And yeah. uh, there's some concerns, but uh looks like Vitalik says that they are introducing sharding into the Ethereum network. Yeah, so you know when if you've looked at the uh, the blocktivity.info, I look at that website periodically to see how how many transactions are going through, how full are the blockchains at any given moment. And Ethereum, especially around that crypto kitties time, it was so full and it was near capacity most all the time. And so what sharding is going to do is it's going to expand the number of crypto transactions that's going to be available to do per second. And uh, and so it's really going to help Ethereum scale because that's one of their biggest problems. I mean, here we have all these companies doing ICOs, launching on Ethereum, and you know they were having serious bottlenecks. If one little project like CryptoKitties can completely clog up the network, they needed to have a solution that can help that. And Vitalik believes that sharding is the solution to solve that Ethereum scalability problem. Wow. So we'll see. <laughs> kitty, kitty shards. Everywhere. Oh. <laughs> Man, don't share the brain. Can we Can we have separate brains, please? Because when we say the same thing at the same time, <laughs> it frightens me just a little. Uh, so here's an article from the Bitcoin News dot com not bitcoinnews.com because i don't even know if that exists it probably does because that's why we have a d uh and the headline is finance to invest 15 million in bermuda as crypto regulations advance because we all need to wear bermuda shorts well i mean here's some interesting stuff that's happening in the caribbean right so there's a lot of a lot of these a lot of these islands that are doing some cool stuff jamaica they're doing some really cool stuff there with their whole tech beach. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a great group, Kirk Hamilton, those guys that are, that are doing some really awesome stuff there. And, you know, Bermuda is becoming uh, a country that is becoming more lax around crypto regulations. And Binance is putting different 
companies, there are different offices in different cities in different countries around the world. Like they're having their headquarters in Malta there. And, and the CEO mentioned that, you know, whoever wants whichever country that is crypto friendly, that wants to have Binance come, they will. They said, whichever country wants to get lots of tax revenue, you know, let us know and we'll we'll set up an office in your in your country. And uh, dude, did you hear that Binance in, in Q1 made over $200 million in profit. That's incredible. More than Twitter, way more than Twitter. And uh, that we're just in the beginning stages of this. So Binance is really rocking and rolling. And, um, you know, speaking of the Caribbean, we are actually in the next couple of days going to the Cayman Islands, right, Mr. Joka? Yeah, man, or Cayman, as you like to believe they say. Well, you know, it's the, it's the Cayman Islands and it's Grand Cayman. That's what the folks there say, but mm-hmm. it's all hearsay. And we are going there, and, uh, you know, my, my co-author of Digital Sense, Chris Snook, who has been on the show before, uh, we, had, we had a conversation back in October around, you know what, like, let's create the UN of crypto. Let's have the top legislators and regulators and the heads of these crypto companies and thought leaders in the space. Let's do an invite-only event, and uh, and let's let's have some conversations around how we can move this industry forward. And 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 Snook, dude, he took it. He took a, the bull by the horns, and has been setting up uh, this amazing event that's going on in the Cayman Islands from the eighth through the tenth. And actually, the premier of the Cayman Islands is actually going to be there along with some other of their top government officials. So wow. it's pretty cool. There's a lot of awesome people that are going to be there, and you know what? What we found, and this is kind of the, the, the impetus for us to create this, was that sometimes you don't get invited, you know, to, to a seat at the table. And so you got to build your own table. And so we have done that. How did I get invited to the table is what I want to know. Well, because you're hungry and you like food. I, I do. You know, I, by the way, I just wanted to mention uh, to put a, a tag on that Binance story. They're investing $10 million in education for Bermudians and $5 million in Bermuda-based blockchain companies. That's how they're they're putting that money into it. Um, mm. I, just, I just felt like that needed to be said. But World WorldTokenomicForum.com. Oh, uh, yeah, Chris Snook, I think, you know, he kills it. He did such a great job with the Blockhouse in Austin that – that they're going mm-hmm. to they're we're going to start using the vernacular like when you crush it you're we're going to be like yeah you snooked that that was that event <laughs> you totally snooked that event keep on snooking Snooking <laughs> and cooking baby uh you know from the traditional financial world here's a name that uh, a lot of people in crypto don't like and that name is jamie Dimon. no that's not well that's mm-hmm. true that they don't like that name uh but another one they don't like is the uh the financial behemoth known as goldman sachs goldman sucks yeah so they're they're uh it's time for them to get involved in crypto now according to this uh article from the paper that used to be the authority for all news and still publishes mm-hmm. some things from time to time new york times goldman sachs to open a bitcoin trading operation so they're going to use their own money to trade with clients in different contracts that are linked to the price of bitcoin mm-hmm. they're not going to actually be selling and buying actual bitcoins at least not initially but they're going to be doing some of the the future contracts and some of the other stuff so that's kind of interesting and not only that but a lot of goldman sachs executives are leaving goldman sachs and moving over to cryptocurrency hedge funds there's like another 
another couple. You know, it's 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 interesting how old school finance sort of is like, no, crypto's a scam, crypto's a scam, until it got to a certain point. Now they're like, now they're flooding into the the crypto space. And so if that's not a hint to folks that crypto is gaining legitimacy, then I don't I don't know I don't know what is. I don't know how to I don't know how to convince people that that at this point don't believe that digital money is the future because we talked about this at Collision, Joel. You know, I think I made the comment that, you know, about 1% of our currency, the fiat currency in America is printed in actual dollar form. The other 99% is digits on a screen. It's already digital money. We're using our debit cards and credit cards. And how often are we walking around with fat stacks of cash in our pocket and paying for things? We're not. We're using these digital, you know, digital money already. And so cryptocurrency is obviously the evolution of that. And a lot of these big bankers like Goldman Sachs are, they're, they're, they're coming on over. You know, there's a photo here in the story, and you can go check out the show notes. It's, it's two dudes from uh, Goldman with uh, one, uh, uh, let's see, she is the vice president of principal strategic investments. And both the dudes, they got man buns. I mean, <laughs> come on, when is that going to end? It's yeah, and yeah. and the man bun. It's time to uh, yeah. I got a haircut lady lately, uh, not long ago, and the lady was like, "Oh, your hair is your hair on top is almost long enough for a man bun. Would you like me to?" I'm like, "No, cut cut that. That's why I'm literally sitting in this chair." I what? What did you do? Style me into a glorious man bun? Uh, you know, I know a couple people that rock it, and by rock it, I mean get away with it. But I just, uh-huh. oh my gosh! Can we please? You should, you should grow that. I think that would look so good with your silvery locks, and just have a nice man bun there. I think you should maybe give it a try, Mister Joel Comp. Don't knock it till you tried it. Yeah, no. The only kind of bun I'm going to have is a cinnabon, um, and I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to stick that to the back of my head. I'm going to stick it in the front of my head where my mouth hole is. Mm-hmm. All right, are we done with the mm. sex? Well, speaking of. Would you say, oh, you said mouth hole. I thought you said, I thought you said other kind of holes. Um, the SEC commissioner on Bitcoin is saying that space is full of troubling developments. SEC commissioner Robert Jackson, uh, he's made some, some comments about that that says that the, the, his personal view is that Bitcoin is full of all kinds of troubling developments. He said he has a lot of concerns around ICOs. And investors are having a hard time telling the difference between investments and fraud. Now, they say that, but I don't know that. I mean, we've had 100 plus ICOs on our show, and none of them have been a scam, as far as I can tell. No frauds. Uh, We've had one or two that didn't, you know, see their ICO through uh, because they just, Mm -hmm. you know, they couldn't raise the money. Or, you know, in one case, I discovered, um, you know, Crypto Hunt, which I really liked was uh was on the mm-hmm. show several months ago it was like the pokemon only you know you're finding cryptos and uh we met with uh, a guy who uh, who knew about their story and turns out the founder sasha that was on the show with us got really ill had to be hospitalized and no business was going on and so the developers they cut and run they did the project just poof and so they just went to a new project. Yes. They said, okay, well, this is stalling. We'll another project. So they're yeah. refunding, actually, you know, those that did. Uh, so, you know, that's I wouldn't classify that as, you know, a troubling development. It just sucks. But most businesses don't, you know, succeed. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the startup space and, you know, you and I have both worked in, in, with, in, with Silicon Valley clients and I've worked with a bunch of startups and had startups, you know, nine out of 10 startups fail, right? That's a, that's a common, you know, if you are an investor, nine out of 10 of them are going to fail over time. Well, you know, these are really early, early stage companies that have a great idea. And it's almost like I look at ICOs and investing in, in these startup companies as sort of angel investing 2.0. Right. It's like I could put a hundred dollars on this one. I can put a hundred dollars on that one and we can utilize those tokens. Some of them are securities. Some of them are not securities. You know, the SEC chairman, Jay Clayton, he seems to think every one of the ICOs that he's looked at is a security. But that's also because they're looking at this from every if, if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so, you know, they got to be very careful. And I've been considering writing an open letter to Congress to inform them about the particular state of the industry, because if they get too heavy handed on this and we're already seeing it, companies are being scared. They don't want to necessarily do an ICO or start up their business in America anymore. They're leaving. They're going to Switzerland. They're going to Singapore. They're going to Gibraltar. They're going to Malta. They're going to Cayman Islands. They're going to Bermuda. They're not doing their business in America. And guess what? Moving forward, more and more businesses are going to be built on the blockchain and more and more of those businesses and more and more of that great talent is not going to be in America. And if they and if they do this the wrong way, it's going to be catastrophic. The, the tech innovation will become a dustbin and it'll it'll be like, oh, man, remember when America you know, actually had some great technology and innovation? Well, that's about to be disrupted by regulators. Yeah. So uh, Robert Jackson, uh, whose friends I'm assuming call him. Bob says, I haven't seen one of these yet referring to ICOs. That's not a security. Uh, Well, of course, there's a lot of people that would dispute that. And you're right. If they're not careful with this, the follow-up article here in a video from CNBC says that they are cautiously open to initial coin offerings. So, you know, maybe they're, they're trying to be optimistic about it. They're certainly going after the ones that are outlight outright frauds. But uh, he says, right now, we're focused on protecting investors who are getting hurt in this market. Because, you know, scams and pump and dumps never happen in the stock market. That that never happens. Yeah, right. I mean, and then you wonder how lots of congressmen and congresswomen over time, they go in and they ha- they make $168,000 a year. But by the time they leave Congress, they're worth like, you know, $200 million. And I wonder how that happened, because you know what, there's some nefarious things going on in, in a lot of those with some of them, not all. There's a lot of really great politicians, but there's some out there that are career politicians that have become super wealthy uh, through through insider trading and, and other stuff. They used to it used to not be a problem for them. There was actually a, like a, a big to do about that two, couple, two, three years ago where all these Congress people were were making lots of making lots of cash money off of, you know, advanced knowledge. But these are you know what? Here's the thing. You know, our schooling system hasn't taught people to do your own research effectively. It's here's our facts. Learn them recite them, they're going to be on the test and, and and burp them back out for us, right? They don't teach people how to do critical thinking and think for themselves. So that's why we have to have this nanny state, apparently, to say, hey, you, we can't trust you with your own money and to invest in stuff or not. Do your own research. If you like it, you should be able to invest in it. I mean, as I've said before, I can go down to the gas station and blow $500 on lottery tickets if I want, but that's okay because they're not going to protect me from that, but I can't spend $500 and invest 
in a token that I like and 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 help invest in innovation because I got to be protected from that because I need a nanny. I think uh, Kanye West would uh, support what you're saying. I don't he'd know. Be, he, I don't know. He'd, he'd be all like, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. As Kanye West and his uh, the ending of his new song, Lift Yourself, would say, poop de scoop, scoop diddy whoop, whoop de scoop de poop. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty deep. I mean, yeah, how deep well, is I the poop? I don't know. You'd have to go wade in it to find out. But uh, you know, I think that there's there's a connection there somewhere, and and it's one that we should pay mm-hmm. attention to. Now, on the other side of the uh, sure. the coin here, uh, this this I haven't seen this site before, but I'm starting to pick some stories up from them. This Toshi Times dot com. They dropped the saw. It's just toshitimes.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. The the chairman of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which is abbreviated CFTC. His name is Christopher Giancarlo, and he was on CNBC's Fast Money. Uh, and he says that we shouldn't expect to see crypto regulation resolved anytime soon. So maybe this is why the altcoins are starting to come back. People are like, hey, you know what? We can't wait around forever. But there's some that are scared about it. I mean, it's a constant state of... All right. So are we violating rules? Are we not? There's not even the rules that are sort of set up yet. But then apparently when the SEC or CFTC or whatever throws the hammer down, then it's going to be retroactive. And and so it's spooking a lot of co- companies and they need to resolve something quick. Maybe they need to have the, you know, crypto trading commission, the CTC or something, and create a whole new organization that's set up to to create this because the SEC is going to look at it through the lens of stocks. The CFTC is going to look at it through the lens of of commodities like oil and corn and everything like that. And the IRS looks at it as property and all of them are looking at it in different lenses. Like IRS is property. You know, this, you know, this, the SEC says it's a security. CFTC says it's a commodity and nobody really knows. And so maybe the cryptocurrency uh, trading commission needs to be created. Uh, he said that there's certainly an appetite among a number of congressmen and senators that I've spoken to to approach this with some new eyes, some new thinking. And so I think there's a growing chorus on Capitol Hill for some rethinking here. So apparently the Bitcoin Capitol Hill choir is going to be maybe singing the praises of this new technology. I don't know. We have to wait and see. I want to say this. Be proactive, folks. So if you look in our show notes, I have actually added in the list of all of the Congress uh, people who are on the finance committees and different things. So here's their contact information, how you can get a hold of them. Feel free to proactively reach out to them and let them know your thoughts about the scenario, right? Because if they if they hear from people who know about it, you know, then they're willing to take that information into account. But if you saw that Facebook scenario whenever they interviewed Zuckerberg, most of those Congress people don't even understand Facebook. How do you expect them to understand blockchain and cryptocurrency? They don't. And so I would say that is write your congressman and write other congressmen. Any of these Congress people who are on this committees around finance, finance reform, and are in this space, message them. Message them all the same message if you want. That's what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, let them know what you think about it. All right. So in Australia, the ASX, which I assume is the Australian Stock Exchange, they say its new blockchain platform will be ready by the end of 2020. So they're they're taking their sweet time 
time to roll out their blockchain platform, uh, 2020 or 21. And uh, so that's going to replace their current chess system for clearing and settling transactions. So Australia, that's their clearinghouse electronic sub-register system, and they are moving to the blockchain. So all of our great friends down under, uh, there is a 87-page consultation paper that talks about that, and that's in the show notes. If you want to read all about what your stock exchange is doing, then uh, read up on that because that's interesting for y'all. Yeah, read all 80 pages, get back to us, and uh, give us a TLDR. Uh, So here's another story from around the world. UNICEF, which is the United Nations Children's Fund, is seeking to harness supporters' computers to raise donations via cryptocurrency mining. They've launched the Hope page, and this is a site that mines crypto with the help of your computer processing power. And so uh, it's really uh, mostly for Australia here, it appears to be. This allows Australians to provide help and hope to vulnerable children by simply opening the page while they are online. It's kind of like get paid to surf, only you're making sure that UNICEF raises funds while you're surfing. Yeah, so it, uh, unlike how you know certain hackers were injecting the Monero <laughs> mining onto certain web pages, it's kind of the same principle, except you opt in and say, yes, I would love to have this page open and mine for for crypto to to help the children. And so look at that back to back stories pertaining to Australia. And you know what what might be a good idea, Mr. Jocom, is we may what about this? What about if we were to uh, get an Australian bad crypto correspondent, someone who loves the crypto and loves the news and we should Maybe have them on the show sometime. Uh, apply at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If that's you, never know. Could be you. Could be you. This one's, I, I like this one because we've been talking for some time about finding ways to explain blockchain and Bitcoin uh, such that a children would get it. A children, a, a child children. would get it. How many children? A children. Just one children. A children. Children going to get it that, so that all the children would get it, so you know, so that grandma and grandpa could get it too, right? Because trying to explain this technology to somebody, if this is this is as foreign to uh, you know, your grandparents as it is to to little children, uh, for the most part. And somebody has written a kid's book to explain Bitcoin and blockchain. In this book, there's a character named Blocky, he is the main character in a place. In the Blockchain by Brett Berry, B-I-E-R-Y. He's a software developer and blockchain enthusiast. And and there's a page here and it shows this little block. He's purple and he's got eyes and his mouth is wide open. And it says, Blocky awoke to a world blank and brand new. What could this small block offer? A tale of that adventure would soon ensue. I want this. I just actually downloaded it on my Kindle while you were talking about it. So, uh, so yeah, so basically this is a tale of that adventure. Find a spot to fit in. Blocky thought to himself that should be easy to do. Searching high, low, left and right. The path for Blocky was not yet in view. And so this is a whole nice book. You can actually download it on Kindle immediately and read through it. I don't know how many pages is I'm clicking through right now. And, and, uh, so yeah, very cool. Actually, I think I want to maybe want to buy the printed copy of that. That sounds uh, kind of a fun thing to have. You know what I wish, Trev? What was that? I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. I, I, I was going to say that. I bet you wish you were a wiener. 
Yeah. Well, not just a wiener, an Oscar Mayer wiener. Oh, an Oscar Mayer wiener. There's a difference. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because Oscar Mayer is now kind of, sort of, not really, but at least from a marketing perspective, getting into the cryptos. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the meat maker, they've launched their own digital coin called the Bay Coin, Bacon Plus Coin, which is almost like bad coin. And we right. thought about Bitcoin. We said, I think we've even made jokes about that. How long until it was a Bitcoin? And maybe Oscar yeah. Myers marketing people were listening to us. And they've launched a website where bacon lovers can go and uh, register for a chance to win a Bitcoin. And if you do score one, then you'll be asked to share it on social media to increase the coin's value. And then a Bitcoin is redeemable for bacon, not real money. So I assume they're going to send you a what, a coupon or whatever? Uh, yeah, it's redeemable for bacon, not real money. It's got a price tracker for how many slices one baked coin is worth. For uh, example, a single coin could net you 28 slices of bacon or a couple packs of greasy deliciousness. It's a volatile digital coin, uh, so, so re- <laughs> redeem it. Right now, one baked coin is worth nine pieces of bacon. Oh. See that on, you can see that on the uh, – on the promo link there, how much it's actually worth. That's hilarious. Oh, man, but at 3 a.m., it was worth 11 slices. I got to get me some Bitcoin. I'm registering right now because I love bacon. You know what else I love? I love when uh, financial and business leaders are bullish on crypto. And one of those is uh, is Peter Thiel. You know, Peter um, is a legendary Silicon Valley venture capitalist. He is all about those cryptos right now. His his founder's fund is looking to bring investors to the various cryptocurrencies and they're raising the monies and pulling it together so that they can do that. Yeah, he, he's uh, for those who don't know, Pete Thiel is uh, the co-founder of PayPal. Um, he's a very outspoken libertarian and he believes that Bitcoin be- could become digital gold. And uh, we're going to add Peter to our list of um, people that we want to get on the show to interview. So Peter Thiel, uh, we, the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, everybody is sending out brainwaves to you right now. In the middle of the night, you're going to wake up, you're going to sit up in bed and you're going to think, I need to be on the Bad Crypto Podcast. I don't know why. Mm, it's because of all of our collective thought waves are sending your direction. So not only is uh, Peter Thiel the you know uh, you know one of the one of the guys who started uh, PayPal, but he was like the first big investor at Facebook, right? So this dude is super super baller level. Uh, we would love to chat with him on the Bad Crypto Podcast. So Mister Mister Thiel, if you are available, um, we're calling you on line three right now. You know what else? Who would be fun to talk to? Once the bad crypto permeates uh, the nation of North Korea is uh, is Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, why not? A little rocket man. What do you think uh, of Bitcoin? And he would say it's going to the moon because he has a rocket. He does. He does have a rocket. And, and so there was actually a... Um, so during their peace accord that they had... Where they held they, hands. They held hands and sang Kumbaya, but they actually coded, uh, one of the game developers coded the Panmunjom Declaration, which says there will be no more war on the Korean Peninsula in both Korean and English and stored both versions in two Ethereum transactions. So now on the blockchain is that permanently recorded 
uh, peace accord, which is pretty cool. And, and and I think that's super cool. But you know, the guy who um, did this, his last name is, or his his, his first name, I'm sorry, is Ryu R Y U. Um, they say that he's also planning to launch a website service that will keep all historic records permanent and immutable on a blockchain. So, mm. you know, it was said, here it is. It was said right here in this block on this date in this transaction. That's pretty cool. Or maybe they say Joel Com said this at this date and just put it on the it's great. But how would you know if it, how would you how would you verify that cuz that could be fake news? Well, they could listen to you on the podcast and they would they would know that that was you cuz you're historic and you're permanent. Yeah, but and immutable. But pretty soon, um, you know, AI and and robots and all that, we're going to be able to uh just the way that we can create digital images of actors, you mm-hmm. know, for movies, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to recreate voices that the patterns will be virtually indistinguishable and so we're going to have people set up for crimes uh, you know, that they didn't actually commit. But you won't be able to mm-hmm. say you didn't because oh yep you said that you did that mm-hmm. no it, it, that's so true that is a potential problem moving forward in the future and have you seen those videos of Obama saying things he didn't actually say or Trump saying things he didn't actually say so they're they're getting the mouth movements down they're taking video footage and making it look so very very real now now wait a second are you telling me he didn't say if you like your doctor you keep your doctor no they have videos out there of of them saying uh, there's videos of them you know using doctored footage it's things they did not say that sounds like them and looks like them just like what you were referencing that's going to become more prevalent in the future but one thing i was thinking about actually had some conversations at, at collision about this is that uh, starting in 2009, I started creating this mastermind group image of all my favorite people. If you go to my LinkedIn, you can see it. Just just type in Travis Wright. I think I pop up at the top. And it's my my mastermind group. They're all my favorite people throughout the history of time. And I talked to a couple of people there that could maybe make this happen in the future. It's like, so what I'd like to have is like maybe John Lennon. Eventually, we're going to have these AR and VR glasses, right? I want to be able to plug in my, put on my AR glasses, augmented reality, and have a virtual John Lennon avatar pop up. And imagine, you could literally throw all of the things he said, all the interviews he did, all the lyrics he wrote, all the video footage of him, all the audio footage, all the written footage of him. And then they could modulate his voice to make it sound like him. They could make a a real John Lennon that could walk around with you. And you could ask him questions and talk to them like a real life chatbot, and then have him play a song if you wanted. I mean, Then you can have a whole room full of these folks. And I think that's going to be something that happens sooner than later. I bet we could that could happen within five years where we have these sort of AI powered avatars of historical figures where you it's sort of like a Wikipedia for all amazing minds from throughout time. How awesome will that be? It would be super awesome, but what I think is really the awesomest is you said it's like John Lennon. Imagine, and you <laughs> you just kept going. I, I mean, just imagine. It was good. All imagine. Right. I, I, I did that on purpose. Well, imagine this. Whether or not this is true is up for dispute. Um, the truth being that this is the first city in the world to do it. But this article in Toshi Times again says that Dubai will be the first city in the world powered by blockchain. So they are getting super aggressive um, with their government departments and to build up relationships with companies to make blockchain a part of their um, infrastructure. Yeah, and they have a ton of great conferences around blockchain there. I mean, it's really one of the top spots around the world for for blockchain development. And they're their department of economic development 
they have unveiled a, a, a blockchain commitment along with the Dubai Silicon Oasis Authority, and they're calling it the Dubai Blockchain Business Registry. And they're also a partner of Dubai IBM, and they are going to be collaborating with the private sector and government partners to create this efficient, seamless, safe, and impactful city experience for residents and visitors. So having all 100% of all of their government transactions run on the blockchain, that's going to be one of the first things they want to do. And wow, that's awesome. And they're going to be taking Joel coin. They are. That's, they that's are. what they're building it on. Mm-hmm. So fancy. Uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I ventured to uh, San Francisco to speak to a group at Renault the French car manufacturer, because they've got some cool blockchain-y stuff that's happening over there. And uh, this story out of TechCrunch says Renault, along with BMW, GM, and Ford, have uh, co-opted to launch a blockchain research group for the automotive industry. Yep, and uh, it's called the Mobility Open Blockchain Initiative, and they have over 30 members. Yeah, they have over 30 members so far, Uh, Bosch. Blockchain at Berkeley, Hyperledger, IBM, IOTA, and uh, they want to make this more safe. They want to make it more affordable, and they want to allow blockchain to become more accessible. And we're going to start seeing more of these coin, uh, these coin sortiums, as I like to call them, of uh, you know companies working together within an industry to find ways to move their industry forward together because we're moving into this collaborative space, right? It's like you don't always have to crush your competition. You can work together on some initiatives and things like this are really what kind of move humanity forward. They're going to work together and figure out how to, how it all works and, and uh, find a great solution to, uh, to move this all forward. I love it. Did you, uh, did you just mention IOTA, Travis? I did. Yeah. Some people get mad at me for yeah. not mentioning IOTA. I normally only grump about them because their wallet was the worst wallet ever. Well, to to be fair, the you know the guy in the mastermind said it was your fault. You, you lost your seed or something. No, I have my seed. the The seed, the, the acquiring of the seed is a really wonky process, or at least it was a few months ago. And I have my seed. My seed is correct, and it's just some super silly. I don't know. Well, anything people want us to talk about, you know, their pet coins, and it's not like we've avoided any. It's not a conspiracy. No, you know, no, uh, you know, Roger Ver is not paying us to not talk about other coins. We just talk about what comes up in the news, what's interesting to us, what we're following. There's so many coins. However, uh, Travis and I have been talking about doing something that would focus on individual coins more and more. Uh, we're actually talking about doing a little spinoff segment slash show on video and uh i'm just gonna tease with that right now but uh no more info on it at this moment no more info on it all right a few more stories let's do it bitcoin cash speaking of roger veer a hard fork is happening on may 15th is uh is this the first this is the first hard fork right um it's a major network upgrade that's going to have some big changes to its underlying protocol. And I'm assuming, what are they calling it? Bitcoin ABC. What is that? Oh, that's that's their development team. What's the hard fork going to be called, though? I, I, I'm actually looking for that. I don't, I don't see it, but I know that they're moving the block, the block size up to 32 megabytes. And uh, so that's pretty large. They are increasing... The parameters within the blocks from 40 bytes to 220 bytes. So you can actually add more data to the blockchain and they're going to have some uh, time stamping of data. I don't know. Is it, are they, oh, 
Bitcoin Unlimited. Is that it? Is the full node implementation for Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash Networks. It is reported that BU will have a vital role in the upcoming hard fork. No, that's not it. What does it mean? I don't even know what they're we calling it. We don't know. They say what they're calling it in this article anyway. Bitcoin Unlimited. Hmm, don't know. I think they should call it Bitcoin Cash Bad Fork Diamond Private Coin Doge. You're really good at branding. I can tell why you've been in marketing for so long. I'm really impressed with the things you come up with. Also good in reading. Now, this guy, uh, the, these folks here are incredibly bearish on uh, on cryptos. The story on CNBC, an investment bank, GP Bullhound, says that there will be a 90% correction in cryptocurrencies with a mass market wipeout. Oh, Wilbur. Um, Yeah, so they're calling this the crypto winter. And, you know, they think there's going to be a heavy correction of 90% leading to this mass market wipeout. That's what this technology investment bank predicted. And uh, they wrote this report called Token Frenzy, the Fuel of Blockchain. It has laid out basically the current state of crypto and blockchain and ICOs and what they think the future will look like. And one of their predictions said that, there's going to be a 90% correction within the next 12 months with very few companies surviving. And maybe the, some of them are talking about some of the potential regulations that are going to start coming down. There has been some discussions about what happens if Ethereum is viewed as a security, right? What would that do to the market? Uh, that's something that's in discussions right now. Some of them are thinking that, that Ethereum maybe is a security. If that's the case, that could be crazy. Uh, what the ramifications of that could do throughout the whole um, crypto space. So I don't know. This is this is FUD. It sounds like FUD to me. If it does happen, well, this is at least we like to look at both sides of the token, right? Yeah, we always tell people that, you know, if you're in cryptos, it is cutting edge stuff. It is high risk, high risk, and you could lose everything, which is why we're not financial advisors. And we never recommend that anybody does anything but their own research makes their own adult decisions about their investments that you stay legal, that you stay legit. And you try to hold on to as much of your monies as possible and increaseify them uh, when you can. But other than that, you know, be careful out there, kids. Be careful. It could all go to zero. It could all go to the moon. You just don't know. It could go sub zero. Is that possible? I don't know. It could be if you were leveraging uh, futures and whatnot and you over leveraged yourself, potentially. Well, we're about to announce our World Crypticon Weekly winner. But before we do, one last story here. Amazon is expanding into both private and public blockchain services. And this article on The Motley Fool says that this could hurt IBM. It's not going to hurt my feelings, but it might hurt IBM's feelings. Mm, It might hurt IBM. And speaking of IBM, in one of our upcoming episodes, we interviewed the one of the heads of the IBM blockchain project, right? Yeah. Yeah, Arshalal is actually going to be our guest. Uh, well, we have actually already interviewed her at Collision, and uh, she will be speaking on the next episode talking about IBM's blockchain initiatives. And we got a good bit of information from her about Stellar, XLM, Stellar Lumens, which, you know, Travis and I um, both enjoy and uh, of which we gave away many lumens. Well, Stellar gave away many lumens to many uh, early listeners of the Bad Crypto Podcast. 
podcast. And if we can get our hands on it, um, we're going to include the 15 minute presentation that Travis and I, uh, did together on stage at Collision, where we, uh, we, we entertained and equipped the audience. And we, we talk fast because we had to squeeze a lot into 15 minutes. Well, it was the growth of cryptocurrencies over the past, you know, few years, what's happened through the growth of crypto and the growth of blockchain. And, you know, once we get the video footage of it, one of our friends, Adrian Ashley, she actually, she, she actually streamed it on Facebook. And uh, so we do have the audio. That's not the, the audio right out of the thing. So if we can get the copy of that, we'll, we'll shoot it up. And then actually probably be better to, to tune into the mastermind groups. You can actually watch that full video. I think it's better on video than it is in audio, but you know, it is what it is. Badco.in forward slash mastermind and world crypticon coming up no uh october 31st through november 2nd in las vegas at the aria hotel and uh, we're giving away well world crypticon is giving away two tickets each and every week and in order to um to qualify for a ticket all you got to do is subscribe to the bad crypto newsletter which goes out once each week go to badco.in forward slash wcc and we randomly draw a name out of that to get two tickets and at the end uh like uh, in Oct- i think around october 1st we will be pulling a name to win Two uh, tickets, all expense paid. Two tickets to paradise. Oh, never mind. Las Vegas, actually. Yeah, not really paradise, but uh, which includes your airfare and your hotel at the Aria. So uh, this week's winner is drum roll, please. (laughs) Key keyboard roll. Maria (laughs) Rockwell. Maria, take a letter. Maria, you won two tickets, and we will email you. Well, World Crypticon will. Congratulations. Congratulations. Are you related to Naomi Rockwell? There might be a Naomi Rockwell out there. Not Brockwell. There might be a Rockwell out there. Or the uh, the musician that Michael Jackson supported, Rockwell. Mm. I always feel like somebody's watching me. That was, that was a Rockwell song? And I got no Bitcoin left. Because no privacy. Now, you know, it, or it might be the Rockwell from the Flintstones, because I think it was like one of the like the managers or something was Mr. Rockwell. They always had those fun names. Those Flintstone-y prehistoric names. Well, thanks for listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We do appreciate you. Don't forget to go to the CryptoInfluenceAward.com and vote for your favorite podcast in the best podcast category. It might be us, it might not, but go vote anyway, because, uh, but just, you know, vote once, because that's how everybody, you know, in real elections votes. Nobody would vote more than once. Actually, you can vote as many times as you like on as many browsers as you like. So maybe create a bot and, um, you know, just vote and vote and vote and vote for Lorshan or Bad Crypto, whichever one you like, whichever one you like. At all. Whichever one helps you most to stay there. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's 
and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.